And we've been working our way through Galatians. And uh, uh, last week we, we looked at verse 20 where Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And we looked at our crucified life in Christ, the old man dying and putting on the new man. And in verse 21, kind of sets the tone for the next chapter. Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And I've told you all before, you know, rather than just doing sermons so much, we don't have the Sunday evening service, and I kind of got some liberty, so... We've been kind of doing a Sunday evening type Bible study through this because we can. And uh, I, I just kind of quit tying myself down with, with different things. So I, I just want to enjoy chapter number three here as we go through it. And uh, as we look at it and just think about these points here, the preaching, the promise, the problem, and the plan. Um, Paul is talking to the Galatians. There, there are people that have gotten into the church of Galatia. They were, they were saved. They had accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But just, just as a recap, there were some Judaizers. There were some people that had come along and said, well, that's good that you're saved. That's good that you've accepted Jesus Christ. That's a good thing. But there's other things you need to do in order to be right with God. There's other things that you need to do in order to be able to go into heaven. Now, once someone comes and starts attaching things to your salvation that God didn't attach, once, once someone comes along and starts putting man in between you and God, the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, that's the man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is our mediator. But once a man starts getting in between you and God, and saying, well, you've got to do these things to be saved, that man takes control over your salvation. And in a lot of people's minds, that's the bondage that they come over because they're relying on a man to be saved. They're relying on what some man tells them as far as salvation. And that's not what Jesus Christ set up. And Paul comes along and he wants to correct this. He wants to make sure that this doesn't stand. So in the first chapter, he talks about where he got the gospel from. He got it from Jesus Christ before he even consulted with a man. He had, uh, he had learned it from Jesus Christ, and he talked about standing up for it, for that doctrine that he had picked up. And uh, the example of Peter that was given in chapter number two, Peter dissembling himself, or Peter eating with the Gentiles, you know, the Jews had their specific meals. They couldn't eat pork. They had to eat kosher food and things like that. And Peter, when he came from Jerusalem, he was eating with the Gentiles. All that went out the window. You know, Peter, Peter God had shown him in a vision when he let the sheet down three times in the book of Acts, chapter number 10. And he said, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. There were all manner of four-footed beasts and things. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for nothing unclean had ever touched my lips. Nothing unclean or common. And uh, the Bible says, what God has provided, that call not thou common. In other words, God was showing him, going to the Gentiles. God had showed him that he was going to be going to the Gentiles. That's, that's explained in Acts chapter number 10. I know I'm just hitting these two things, and you're like, well, how do they get related? 
Well, just read Acts chapter number 10, and you'll see the story of Peter going to Cornelius. God had shown him that things had changed. Things had changed with the diet. So when Peter comes to Galatia there with Paul, and he starts out, he's eating with the Gentiles. But when some come from Jerusalem, the other Jews, he avoids the pork table, he avoids, avoids the bacon, and he goes to eat with the Jews and dissembles himself. And then the Gentiles are like, well, we're not going to eat that either because we're going to follow Peter's example. And Paul withstood him to the face over there in chapter number two. All this is to catch up to where we are because Paul is laying the groundwork. He's laying the foundation. And uh, in verse number 15 of chapter number two, <clears throat> he says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ. And he's talking about the Jews. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now that's a pretty big statement. You know, we hit this day and time. We understand grace through faith, through Jesus Christ. But at this time, Paul's making a statement. It's not the law that Moses handed down. It's not the ordinances that get you saved. We have believed, we have trusted Jesus Christ by faith. And that's, a, that's not just a statement, it's a heart belief. It's something that you believe in your heart. It's like falling backwards into Christ's arms. Um, if I had you come stand up here and fall backwards, would you trust me to catch you? But you're falling into Jesus' arms and trusting him to save you so that when you pass from this world, like Miss Johnny, and she, she, I cheer for you, and I'll sad at the same time that you think that way, but uh, 93 years old, she's ready to go home. But she looks forward to being with Jesus Christ. It's not to be out of this world. It's to, and I remember Brother Grady. I remember Brother Grady talking about going home. He would sing that song, Going Home, and man, he was excited. So, that's for free. Chapter number three. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ hath evidently been set forth, crucified among you? He said, This only would I learn of you, received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect? By the flesh, and have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Let's pray. Amen. So the first thing that Paul says, he says, "O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath evidently." hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Now, that's a, that's a lot of words, but Paul's talking about, we came and preached Jesus Christ to you. And then he's going to go on to explain, how did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? When Paul talks about Jesus Christ hath evidently been set forth, he's talking about, preaching to them about Jesus Christ, showing them how Christ died on the cross for their sins, showing them from the scripture how all those sacrifices that were made, all those animals that were sacrificed, all that blood that was shed, 
in the Old Testament, all of that pointed to Jesus Christ. And there was only one sacrifice that was capable of saving mankind from their sins. You go over there in the book of Hebrews. I'm not going to go there because I'll get sidetracked. But over in the Hebrews, it talks about all those sacrifices and offerings. But Jesus, having given himself one time, sat down at the right hand of God. He was finished. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. His sacrifice was sufficient. But Paul talks about them hearing the preaching of the gospel. Look over in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, Paul is talking about the gospel and talking about preaching, hearing, and believing. It says in verse number 1, chapter 15, verse number 1, 1 Corinthians, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. So Paul's redeclaring the gospel that they heard. And then he's going to tell you what that gospel is. He said, by which also you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. If, if you don't have faith in Christ, if they heard the word and they, they don't have faith in Christ, it's believing in vain. But he goes on, he said, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How they, And here's the gospel, how they, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. When Paul preached to him, when he gave the word, it was according to the scriptures. And he showed them in the Old Testament all those sacrifices, what they accounted for. He said, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, his death on the cross is shed blood, paid the penalty for our sins. And here in chapter number 15 of 1 Corinthians, it's a whole other message, but Paul is leading up to the part where the resurrection matters because the resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof that we will be resurrected one day. And uh, he says, verse number 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And then he goes on to talk about the ones that saw him after he came back. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And after that, he was seen of above five hundred at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And we're getting down to a, a money quote here. And last of all, he was seen of me as of one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles, then I'm not meet to be called Paul, an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. We went over that last week. Uh, might have been earlier than that. But uh, Acts chapter number 7 and Acts chapter number 8 where Paul was per persecuting the church and where he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then verse number 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, and here's the part, so we preach, and so you believed. And then that goes on to a different topic after verse number 12. But it's the preaching of the gospel that led them to Jesus Christ. And it was the believing that got them saved. It was their faith in Jesus Christ. 
So Paul is establishing that. This is what we taught you. This is what we preached when we came. We preached Jesus Christ and him crucified and him resurrected. We preached Jesus Christ to you. Then he asked the question to him because there's that conflict here between someone trying to draw them to the works of the law, trying to draw them to keeping the law, to keeping the ordinances, to, to eating only certain foods, to to keeping the Sabbath, to doing all of these things that are in the law. And he's trying to tell them, he says, this what I learn of you. In other words, I'm asking you, received you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Now, see, before Jesus died on the cross, you didn't receive the Holy Spirit. They were obedient to God. They followed the ordinances and God attributed faith to them. But it wasn't until Jesus Christ died on the cross that the Holy Spirit was given to us when we were saved. Look at uh, John chapter number 7. And we're just going to look at one verse there. (coughs) But I'll let you see it for yourself. Verse 36. What manner of saying is this that he said, You shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither you cannot come? They're asking the question uh, according to what Jesus said. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. We know that the water is a type of the Holy Spirit, right? And we know it because of this next verse, verse 39. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy Ghost, that that lets you know that when you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's your connection with God. The Holy Spirit prays for you. The Holy Spirit opens God's word to you. Um, And that talks about it over in John 15, 16, and 17. talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But we're not going to go there today. Go back to Galatians chapter number 3. So it's the receiving of the Holy Spirit. So the question comes. He said this only back in Galatians chapter number three, verse two. He said this only what I learn of you received you the, the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. They've begun to see the fruits of the Holy Spirit. They've, they've seen God working in their lives. They've seen God working in other people's lives. And at that time, they'd seen speaking in tongues. They'd seen healing. And things like that. But they saw the ministry of the Holy Spirit all around them. And Paul's asking them, did you receive it by faith? Or did you receive it because you did the works of the law? Paul's a stand. That's where I've got the preaching. It's through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's when they received the Holy Spirit. All right. So he says, received you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And the answer to that is what? It's by the Spirit, by the hearing of faith. That's how they receive the Spirit. You believe on Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. He said, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Now, see, that's an interesting statement. Because you get saved, and you say, well, I want to get right with God. I want to, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You begin to follow the law. You begin to, to follow 
ordinances. You begin to hair up, skirt down. I'm going to do all these things, and I'm going to be right in God's eyes. I'm not going to wear makeup, ladies. I'm not going to, I'm going to wear a dress. I'm going to, you, you start to come up with all these things that are going to make you right in the eyes of God. Now, I know I'm picking, it's easy pickings right now. I, yeah, everybody likes to pick on the independent Baptists, you know, that dress in, in the dresses and skirts. But, and I used to hate the term legalism because it was just used for, as an excuse to do whatever you want. But the fact of the matter is, if that becomes your emphasis, your eyes aren't on God, your eyes are on yourself. So he's saying, you receive the spirit by the hearing of faith. Are you going to now be made perfect in the flesh? Are you now going to be made perfect in God's eyes because of all the things that you do? And I know this is dangerous territory because you're cutting people loose and you're saying, well, there, somebody could say, well, I can just do whatever I want. God will be happy. No, that's not true. We're to put off the old man. We're to put on the new man. We're to put off, put off the deeds of the flesh. You go back to Romans chapter 6, and I won't go there because we've already been there. You're, you're to reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. You're to be servants of God, not servants of sin. But at the same time, you come up with all these rules and they make yourself happy to a point. It's like, well, I've reached the pinnacle. I've followed all of the rules. I'm in church Sunday, Sunday night. Doors are shut, but I stand outside on Sunday night. <laughs> I'm here on Wednesday or Tuesday night. You know, I'm here every time the doors are open, I'm in church. And every time there's something to be done, I'm there to do it. And I'm, I'm doing everything right. I'm, I'm, I'm me, me, me. My, oh. You're getting in the way. Now, see here, it's the Judaizers that are telling them, you've got to do this and do this to be right in God's eyes. But we do it to ourselves, too. Um, he says, are you so foolish? Verse number three, having begun in the spirit, you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you going to be right in God's eyes because of what you do? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Was it a waste of time? All those troubles that you went through, all those people that, that, that turned you away, all those people... <laughs> that put the pressure on you. Oh, you don't need to get saved. What's that? Oh, you're just a hypocrite. I, I knew you before then. Who knows what it was? There, but there was genuine persecution at that time. In this day and age, in the Middle East, you get saved, you've lost your family. You're cut off if you're not cut up. It says, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? Verse number four, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? And he asked that question, was it really in vain, if it be yet vain? Verse number five, he therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Those things that have happened in your life, did they happen because you kept the law? Or did God do it because you had faith in him? Hebrews chapter 11 says, For without faith it is impossible to, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 3, I think it is. So, 
Verse number five, he that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And when you look in the book of Acts and you see Peter, they, they, were, they were trying to be in this shadow that they could be healed. Uh, Peter sees the lame man at the gate and he's got his hands out for an alms. And he's, he can't walk, he can't support himself. And Peter walks by and he's got his hand out and Peter looks down and he says, you know what, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Was that done because the blind man was keeping the law? Or was that done because of faith? Peter had the faith. That man got healed. And he rose up leaping and walking and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. And he was a testimony for God. It was because of faith. It wasn't because of works. So he reminds them of the miracles that they've seen and the healings that they've seen, that that was all performed by faith. Now we get to verse number six, and we get from the preaching to the promise. And I'm going to kind of glaze over this because this would be a whole lesson in itself. But he says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now there was a promise made to Abraham back in the Old Testament. Back in Genesis, God said, I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And he told Abraham that in thee all nations shall be blessed. And all the way back then, and that's what it's going to talk about here. He says in the scripture, verse number eight, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. The heathen, that's you and me. We're not Jews, we're heathen. And, uh, Everybody thinks it's everybody else. It's all of us. And it's going to say that here at the end. He said, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. There was a promise that was made. So then they which are be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now that's something interesting. You say you think the Old Testament doesn't matter. Well, right here, it just tied it to you as a, as a believer, as a child, you were children of Abraham by faith. He says, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curses is everyone that continueth not in all things. Now, this is an important verse here. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the books of the law to do them. You know how you could get to heaven through the law? Never break a single commandment. Never fail to do any of the law at any time in your life. If you could do that from the time you're born, never steal, never lie, never lust, never covet, Through your whole entire life, God would be able to let you into heaven. I don't see any takers. But we've walked in the mud and we've got mud on our feet. We can't go into God's house the way we are. Because once you break one law, it's like getting toothpaste out of the tube. You can't put it back. It's like breaking the mirror. You can't put it back together and it looked the same. 
or nowadays it's like cracking the screen on your phone. I guess you can replace it, but you're not going to put that screen back together. It's just a little irrelevant aside, but you know, I always used to wonder why people keep them, their phones, their cracked screen, and they're sitting there rubbing across it. I got an extra screen on top of my phone, and it cracked, and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll eventually get another one to put on top, but it's still working, and it doesn't scratch. All right, back to the Bible. So all of that, if you could keep the law, you wouldn't be under the curse, but everyone's cursed under the law. The law is a curse. It doesn't, it doesn't get you closer to God. It shows you where you fail, God. It's like going to the stoplight. The light's there to tell you if you go through that, you broke the law. If you go through the red light, you're breaking the law. It's showing you where you break the law and where you keep the law. That's what the law does. It doesn't make you righteous. It doesn't keep you from breaking itself. He says, for as many are, as are of the works of the law, verse number 10, are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And when you read back through Deuteronomy and you read back through Exodus and you read back through maybe a little bit in Numbers, but when you read all of that law, it's like, oh, did you go have some shellfish the other day? Did you eat some shrimp? You know, you can't go to my favorite restaurant anymore. They got shrimp. But uh, verse number 11, but no man, no man, no woman, nobody is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. There's evidence for it. He said it is evident for the just shall live by faith. We're justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And that's how you're to live is by faith. Not by the works of the law, not by the keeping of the law. I know that I'm freeing you up, but I'll go back. Romans chapter number six, Romans chapter number seven. There's over in Colossians, over in Ephesians. There's plenty of places at point. You're not free to do whatever you want. Paul said over in Romans chapter six, does that mean that we sin that grace should more abound? God forbid. That's Romans chapter. Anyway, chapter number five or six. But. It's chapter number five. But he said, God forbid, we shouldn't sin. But you, you, don't, you can't expect the law to, to get you to heaven, keeping the law. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. That's why it's a walk with Jesus Christ. That's, that's not <laughs> your walk with Jesus Christ. Verse number 12. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. If you're going to try to keep one part of the law, you better keep the whole law. He said, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. That's where Jesus died on the cross, took our sin on himself. He took the curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. He hung on that cross. And you know, God slips these things in there, and that's where you see in the Old Testament, pointing to the New Testament, you know, you, you see these types, you see these pictures, you see the flowing water, you see things that point to Jesus Christ, point to the Holy Spirit, point to God, point to a single author of a book made up of 66 books written over 1,200 years by 40 different authors. You see God's plan throughout that whole book. 
It said, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And that's the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, you kept the law, you still, God would, God would send the Holy Spirit for a purpose. It's like when Saul was made king, God sent the Holy Spirit on him. God, was, God gave Saul another heart. He was prophesying with the prophets. But then the time came when Saul had messed up, Saul had messed up, and God took his spirit from him and troubled him with an evil spirit. And if you remember the story of David, that's when David came into the palace there because him playing music was what, what soothed Saul's mind. We, so we see these dispensations of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of salvation. So he says that the blessings and the reason, uh, verse number 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He said, brethren, I speak after the manner of man, though it be a, but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or adds to it. In other words, God confirmed his own covenant. You see that over in the book of Hebrews. He said, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So I used to have to think about this. He talks about to the seed as of one. He made the promise to Abraham. And you follow that genealogy. And the genealogy is over there in the book of Matthew. that points to Jesus Christ and leads us all through the Old Testament to Jesus Christ. And it's also over there in, the, is it in Luke, Mark. But we see the genealogies there that point to Jesus Christ. And then when you get to Jesus Christ... That's when the Gentiles get in. That's when the blood, that's when the promise is kept. In thee, in thee, all nations shall be blessed. So that's how we get in through Jesus Christ. And that's understood. He said, brother, uh, though it be a man, verse number 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And that's the Jews. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one into thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, in other words, God was the one that confirmed the covenant in Christ. He said the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul or it cannot annul it, that it should make the promise of none effect. In other words, it, it can't cancel the promise. The law came afterwards, but it can't cancel the promise. That promise carried on. So... Verse number 18, for if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. A promise is made. It's kind of like when you receive a gift. You ever get a gift from somebody and they say, well, I'm giving you this, but you got to do this, this, and this. Well, that's not a gift. That's something that you have to keep. That's a conditional promise. That's that's something that's given to you on the condition of you keeping this. 
But this is a promise that was given to Abraham, and that's what Paul's trying to tell us. It's a promise that was given to Abraham that through Jesus Christ, all the nations would be blessed. And it's a promise that God made. It's not conditioned on keeping the law. And he said, for if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law. So why are you going to serve the law? Why are you going to try to, why are you going to listen to these guys that are telling you, you got to keep the law in order to be saved? You receive the spirit when you heard the preaching of the gospel, when you believed on Jesus Christ, you received the Holy Spirit. You've seen the Holy Spirit work, not because somebody was keeping the law, but because of they believed in Jesus Christ because they had faith in Jesus Christ. We still see the spirit work in our own day through other people's lives. When they get saved, we see we see God work in Brother David, Drake. God's moved on his life. He's become a missionary. We've seen him working through David to lead other people to Jesus Christ. He said, you don't see that happening because of the law, but it's because of they, they get saved by faith in Jesus Christ. He said, wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of the transgressions. And this is the problem here. Wherefore, then served the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. In other words, <coughs> the law was effect. The law was in effect until Jesus Christ came. And that promise just kind of rode along in the background all the way up till Jesus Christ, but the law was in effect. That's where your dispensations come from. But it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come, that was Jesus Christ, to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. God was his own mediator. He said, is the law then against the promises of God? So, is the law working against God? He said, God forbid. For if there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. And that's what I told you earlier, that the law can't give you righteousness. The law can't make you righteous, but it can show you where you're falling short. It can show you where you've sinned. It can show you where you've broken God's law. And that goes back to Ray Comforting. You know, do you consider yourself to be a good person? You know, the whole thing. And, uh, well, you know the Ten Commandments. And going through the Ten Commandments, well, have you ever told a lie? Well, when I was a kid, well, you told a lie, so you broke the law. Damn, the mirror's broken. The toothpaste is out of the tube. You know, there's no putting it back. All right. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Now, there you go. You get back to Romans chapter number six for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Is it Romans chapter six? Romans chapter three. Huh? I'm not going to look it up. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's, there's nothing we could do to be right in God's eyes. 
He said, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And that's where it ties in. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He said, uh, verse 23, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. So that law was there until Jesus came. And so, wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster. So what's the purpose of the law? If it can't get us saved, if it can't make us righteous, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. He says, but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. He make, and here he makes the whole argument in chapter number three that you're no longer under the law, that you no longer have to trust the law. And that's the problem, that the law can't save you. The law can't fulfill the promise, and the law can't supersede the promise. It can't save you. And then the plan is the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by the law. Once you understand that you've lied, that you've, stolen in your life, that you've broken any of the commandments, you understand how you stand before God. Then there's that but, and the wages of sin is death. That's hell. That's eternity in hell. That's the lake of fire. The wages of sin is death. And that but is like a door. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What do you do to go to hell? Nothing. Just keep doing what you're doing. What do you do to get to heaven? Trust Jesus Christ. Accept that gift for yourself. It's a free gift. And I always say, it's not yours until you accept it. So many people say, yeah, yeah. I think I'll get to go to heaven. Well, how come? Well, because Jesus died for our sins. I heard it in Sunday school. Well, have you accepted that gift? It's not yours unless you accepted it. If I, if I give you, well... I got a truck out there. It was given to me. I could have said, no, nope, don't want it. It was my dad's truck. I'm, I'm just bragging a little bit right now. It's, it's bittersweet. My dad passed away. I got his truck. My mom, my stepmom, she gave me the truck. But it wasn't mine until I accepted it. And it's the same with salvation. It's there, but unless you accept it, it's not yours. For as many as you, for you are all the children, verse number 26, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you, of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. Now he just showed how through Abraham and through his seed, which is Jesus Christ, we get in. We get into God's family. God's family before then was the Jews. The Gentiles could be proselytes or whatever, and they could keep the law. But we get in through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter number 10, where Peter goes to Cornelius. We get in, we get saved, and we become part of God's family. He says, for there is neither Jew nor Greek. Now, in this dispensation, in the church age, there is. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Being a Jew is not going to get you saved. 
Being a Greek certainly not going to get you saved or a Gentile or a heathen. They're all the same thing. It's not going to get you saved. It's only through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're taking notes, you can do Romans chapter number 2 and I think Romans chapter number 3 on that where Paul explains to them about uh, the Gentiles keeping the law in their heart and things like that. But we're, we're almost finished. We're almost finished. Verse number 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And we inherit eternal salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there's the preaching. There's the hearing of the word. There's the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And then there's the promise that was given to Abraham that Jesus Christ would come, that the Gentiles would be blessed. There's the problem that the law can't fulfill the promise that God gave. Not only that, the law can't supersede God's promise, can't take it over. He says, so why are you trying to keep the law? And then there's the plan. It's through Jesus Christ that we get in.